Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Later that day, going out, we had a trampoline in the backyard. My daughter had just gotten it for her birthday. And we all laid out on the trampoline, and the sky was bright blue, and it was sunshine and big fluffy clouds. And we just stared at the sky for the longest time. And we're like, I wonder what he's doing up there. <laughs> Pastor Paul's guest today is Aaron Henty, a survivor of personal loss with words of wisdom for you if you've experienced a deep and sudden loss in your life. Welcome to the program life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome to Life Support. I'm so glad you're here. What we do on this program is a little different. We tell stories, but we tell stories that are sometimes difficult. Uh, They involve suffering. They involve trauma because we believe that that's when Jesus really makes himself known. And it's in the dark places of our lives that we see his glory, and we want to encourage you today with that truth. And my guest is Erin Henty, and she is a life coach, but she has so many things going on. And um, I'm going to let you, Erin, explain all these things that you have going on, because it's pretty amazing the areas that God has led you into. First of all, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, tell me about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah, I feel like I've shared with you before, so I'm gonna I'll, I'll go through that really quickly again. But um, I spent ten years in financial services as a financial planner, preparing people for unexpected things. And in 2015, I found myself navigating the unexpected when my husband Andy died suddenly, leaving us with our me with the three kids that were 15, eight, and five at the time. And so just being able to go through that experience, I've really found comfort in supporting others. And I, a couple of years after my husband passed, I ran into a resource I shared with you before, Brighter Days Family Grief Center. I decided to step up on the board with their organization so I could help support other families, getting them connected to resources when they need them um, during difficult times because that was something that was so important to me on my own personal journey, but also found a lot of comfort in comforting others. And so being a leader within the Widow Might organization here in the Twin Cities has been super um, healing for me and my own grief journey that I've experienced. Um, Tell me when you've gone through these various um, tragedies, and and you told me that you, you lost your sister and your niece not long after that. Um, and so you had to grapple with a lot of things, your, your father more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your faith worked into all of this? Um, for me, I remember being glad that I had invested in my faith when these these things started to strike because there's there was a connection I already had with God that I could, you know, all of a sudden it became really real, all this kind of theology and all these things that I'd learned. How about you? How did your faith work into all of this? Well, for me, I grew up going to church, and so I had always understood what having a relationship would look like for me, Um, and knowing that no matter what, um, I can trust that there's like a bigger plan for me than (laughs) what I have control over sometimes was super important because 
in those early moments before I even knew that my husband died, I was driving from downtown Minneapolis because I was working um, at the corporate office for the company I worked for down there. I was driving out to my husband's work, which was about 30 minutes away. And I got about a mile away from his work and I like could hear, I don't know if it was in my brain or like it came out audibly, but I just remember hearing like, he's not there, like he's gone. And it Mm -hmm. was this almost preparation Mm-hmm. for what was to come. And I didn't know that. It was just it hit me very suddenly and I was like no, that can't be right. That can't be right. But in that I also knew that I wasn't alone, that it was like God preparing me to know that like hey, he's not he's not here, but I do know where he is, you know? Like yeah. I do know yep. that I'm with him and um that gave me that gave me a lot of peace and just knowing that no matter what, like God's looking out for me because had I not really, I really like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it feels so bizarre, but having gone through that experience and hearing those words just prepared me in a way that I couldn't have expected because when I stepped into my husband's work and I was taken back to his boss's office and was about to get explained what happened. It was the coroner and the police chief and the chaplain that were in the the room at the time. Not a good group. No. Yeah. My sister showed up minutes after I arrived and later on described it as the trifecta of death. <laughs> like, yeah. When you get the police chief, I like yeah. didn't know. Like It was just this yeah. very – I was waiting. It was like I, everything stood still for just a moment. I was waiting for them to tell me what was going on. But I remember the chaplain at the end of the conversation was like, you know, do you have a church family that I can get you connected with? And I was just – for a moment, like for a moment, it's like, yeah, I do. And I have support and I'm definitely not alone. And I always feel like God puts the right people in the right places at the right time for the right reasons. And it was from then then on that um, I knew that I had to be, I had to be surrounded with other people who loved <laughs> Not only me, but they loved Jesus as much as me because they were willing to step in and kind of hold us up during that most critical time during those early days of grief. And a pastor that I hadn't even met at the church ended up meeting me at my house, um, and my kids were with the nanny that day. And he's like, do you want to share the news with your children, or would you like me to talk with them? And I remember as my kids showed up at the house and we went inside, it's like they knew, Mm -hmm. and I think time was standing still for them too, but it was when he just sat with us, prayed, and let us cry after sharing the news with my children um, that made me realize that I'm so glad I have my faith. And, And even if I don't understand what's happening or why it's happening and even if I'm really really angry which is okay yeah um yeah it's it's completely okay it's all it's it's all going to work for you know 
our good and his glory. So that doesn't sometimes in the early days comfort people very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, but for us, I remember later that day going out, we had a trampoline in the backyard. My daughter had just gotten it for her birthday. And we all laid out on the trampoline and the sky was bright blue and it was sunshine and big fluffy clouds. And we just stared at the sky for the longest time. And we're like, wonder what he's doing up there. What's he do? Like, what's he doing out there? What are they like watching us on TV? What's what's happening? But the kids took a lot of comfort, too, in knowing that, hey, dad's just a conversation away. Right. Um, And God's got this. And even if we don't understand right now, one day, one day we will. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, an uncle that I always used to say. Um, I ask him, like, don't you miss your friends and, you know, my dad? And he'd always say, yeah, but, you know, I know where they are. And simple as that for him. I know where they are. And that's where he found his comfort. And I find that the older I get, the more I realize that this life is so temporal and so short that as we grieve, we can grieve with hope because we're not that far away from seeing our loved ones again. And that is a huge a huge blessing. And, you know, like um, in my two situations, when I lost my wife and I lost my son, um, people have often asked me, well, have you have you asked God why? And and I've said, you know, not really. Um, that I've had conversations with God for sure, like, you know, hard conversations. But the why for me was really not important because because I knew God well enough to know that whatever he was doing— was his thing, and I would never really understand it. But I did know that God was there, and I did know he was real, and I did um, experience him in a brand new way. And I can almost look back at these events, as awful as they are, and I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for the work that God did in my life through these events and how he deepened my faith and, and how, he, you know, in Psalm 1 it talks about a, a a tree that is planted by the streams of water that is deeply rooted. And, and I felt like my roots were going deeper and deeper and deeper. Very hard, but deeper. How about you? What what kind of experiences did you have with that? Well, I, oh man, so many. I remember in those first couple of days, um, you talked about the hard conversations and I had a lot of yeah. hard conversations. Yeah. And I will say initially I, I didn't want the answer, but I did ask, like, why? Why sure, sure. Why now? What's yep. the point? Yeah. You know, what are you yeah. trying to show me? Like, all those things. Yeah. Um, and it was really challenging to accept at first, like, why it happened. Like, I don't know. But what I did know is that somebody else that my husband worked with was supposed to be there that day. And they were supposed to be working on what my husband was working on. And they didn't. And they were home with their family. And they were safe. And their family didn't have to go through this. Yeah. And That's... for me, I was so thankful mm-hmm. that no one ever, like, that they didn't have to experience what we were experiencing. Because I remember, like, I can handle this. But I don't want anyone else to have to ever go through this. And so that's kind of like the mentality I've taken through all of it. And people will say, you're so strong. And I'm like, 
no, no, I am weak and he is strong. Yeah. <laughs> like going back yeah. to the the early days of like Bible school when we would sing that song, yeah. like, no, literally, I am weak and he is strong. Yeah. And I only choose to, you know, like leverage that strength because I know that he has something that he wants me to do while I'm still here. And why do we have to go through all these experiences? I don't know. Yeah. But being able to at least look back and see even before my husband passed, all the ways in which I supported grieving widowed women when they were clients of mine when I lived down in Missouri and was working as a financial advisor, I had more and more clients who were losing their husbands. I had to help them navigate through some very difficult decisions. I didn't understand why, but I just really appreciated being able to go alongside them and support them and help them, like give them permission just to take things slow and one step at a time and actually help them with asking the right questions and so they didn't have to navigate everything on their own. So I went back to kind of those roots whenever I lost my own husband, like, oh, I already know what to do. Yeah. And it's just one step at a time. And I would just take those one or two steps each day, and then I would take time to grieve. And I would take the next couple of steps, and then I would take some time to, like, process through everything happened and grieve. But had I not gone through those experiences, I can see how things may have been a lot different for me in those early days. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't have necessarily known kind of what to do or how I could support my family. Um and all of that, like I just, um, I don't know, God gift, gifted me with the, not the knowledge, but the gift of being resourceful. And so I always say, even if I don't have all the answers, I know who does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> God does know for yeah. sure. And and you're involved with this group of widows. And something you said um, earlier really caught my attention. Um, you said when... When a, when you're inviting a a lady, for example, to be involved with the group and and they're not ready, you say, okay, well that's all right. And when you ask again and they're not ready, that, well that's okay. The offer's there, mm-hmm. and you wait, and you're you you don't push. Um, tell me about as these ladies are processing their own loss, how important it is to allow them the space to grieve the way they need to grieve. Um. Wow. I mean, because, and we've talked about this before, because grief is so different for everyone, you know, whether they were a caregiver before their loved one passed or they lost their person very suddenly can, you know, oftentimes determine what they need or what they want after their loved one passes and some people just want to get out and be around other people because they've spent the previous six months, two years, 10 years, whatever it is, you know, taking care of their, their loved one. And they recognize the need to like restore balance in their life. And for other people, when it happens so suddenly, even for me, it was like a shock to the system. Oh man! And I didn't go out right away and seek a support group. Like what I I did seek support groups, but I was looking for something that was just would allow me how to be still with my emotions and process through things in my own way. So I remember experiencing this. I went to a mindful grieving 
um, it was like a four-week grief support group. And I remember during that time, because not everybody was Christian and not everybody was, you know, faith-based. However, it was very important that the instructor said, you know, whoever you're connecting, like whatever you're connecting with during this time, most importantly, we got to reconnect with ourselves. And, um, and, and just being able to be completely present for as much time as we needed during that session to just even, I remember one time they gave us a piece of candy to put into our mouth and we had to just let it sit there and only focus on that one thing that was happening. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because we don't know how long it's going to take for that piece of candy to melt in our mouth, but we are just focusing on how it tastes and how it feels and how it's changing something within us. And so for everyone who's going through their own grief process, I think that's really important. We don't know how long it's going to take or what it feels like for us, or, you know, or like other how other people may not know what it feels like for us, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have to recognize that sometimes it's going to take longer for somebody and sometimes it's not. And there are no comparisons on this journey. It's our own. And allowing space is so important because at the end of the day, um, my brain just went off yeah, on a tangent. <laughs> allowing, allowing space is important. Yeah, allowing space is, I think, so important during that time because – at the end of the day, it allows us time for reflection to understand what we need most mm-hmm. on the journey ahead. We don't have to know the next steps we're going to take. Yeah, Oftentimes that space is just to meet ourselves where we're at, Yeah, especially when we've gone through something so significant. And I also believe that in that space is where we and where we have an opportunity to be still and really listen to what it is that we need. Yeah. And that relationship, like even to restore balance in that relationship that we have with our creator. Yeah. And I had to get used to being with people again. Um, I was really scared of Christians um, for a while because I didn't know what they were going to say. And I didn't want to hear platitudes. Yeah. I didn't need Hallmark cards. I didn't need, hey, you know, you're going to see your son again in heaven. I already knew all that. And I was afraid to like poke my head out of my, you know. But then once I was with people, I learned how to navigate some of those things. But, it, you know, there is that aspect, too, of we have to give people space just to readjust because their life is never going to be the same. Your life is – I'm sure that sometimes you look at your life as before and after that event happened. And mm-hmm. that's in many ways how I define my life. And so um, we have to give people room to be themselves and to – Find out what this new life is going to be like. Right. So the best way I can describe, you said the before and the after, right? But yep. uh, but there is both. And whenever we've gone through this abrupt like trauma, loss, whatever, our lives are completely shattered. And if I think of it like as a stained glass window or a mirror or whatever, and all those pieces are laying out on the floor, in that space you start to pick up those pieces you remember things. Mm-hmm. You remember good things. You remember painful things. You remember all the things that you were before and maybe you don't know kind of what you want next for yourself. 
But it's it's in that space that you can start to pick up those pieces, which are oftentimes equal parts pain and joy. As you start to choose them, I always um, describe it like this. You get to decide which of those pieces you're going to lay down next to start creating that solid foundation. And for me, it's never been a question. My faith has been the foundation which I'm going to build everything on, right? Because it's, for me, the most solid the most certain, the one that I can trust the most that I'm not going to have to worry even if everything shatters again. Right. I've got that there to build upon once again. And that's been true. After going through multiple losses, it's been my foundation. And for me, has been one that I can stand firmly on. And I can still question and I can still get angry. Yep. And I can still be upset and go through all the process. But at the end of the day, I just really trust that whatever is supposed to happen in my life is going to happen whatever the way it needs to. And sometimes I don't have any control over that. And when I've gone through that process of acceptance, it's allowed me really to open myself up to those possibilities and, you know, recreating some of those possibilities that once were before the loss of my loved one. So I can really just um, start to enjoy life again, start to design something that maybe had been unexpected but can still be beautiful too. Yeah, that's really, really good. I love that um, illustration of the of the broken window. All right, so um, you gave me a website last time we were together of all kinds of great resources. So why don't you run through that again for me? Because um, I know there is someone listening right now that is experiencing this or has a friend that is going through something as well. For sure. So um, – One of the resources here within the Twin Cities and and all throughout Minnesota that provides resources for both those anticipating and grieving the loss of a loved one um, is www.brighterdaysgriefcenter.org. And Brighter Days Family Grief Center will really help be able to plug people into resources that they need when they need them most. And that could be – it could look like support group. It could look like – It could look like therapy services. It could be financial resources. Um, Whatever level of support uh, we have, there's partnerships to over 50 different nonprofits within Minnesota um, that we get. I say we because I feel like I'm a part of the organization that they get people plugged into um, every single day. They get thousands of phone calls every year. Um, And their services and their connections um, to the support that's happening right here within Minnesota is huge. But most importantly, it's some of those national connections. And I know I mentioned previously Soaring Spirits is one of them that's linked out on their website um, for widowed individuals. But there's also organizations that support the loss of a child and the loss of a parent, the loss of a sibling, and other things. And so I would encourage people to go out there and just check out what's available. There's both faith-based and non-faith-based resources as well. So wherever they might find themselves today, I know there's something out there for them. Yeah, that's good. And and the bottom line there is you don't have to go through this alone. Right. Right? Yeah. Because I think that's something that um, I had to discover for myself, that there is um, there are resources, there is hope, there are people that will uh, know what to do. And um, it took me a little while to trust that. But once I did, then it was a wonderful comfort to have people coming alongside and people that I could trust. And God is a master 
at bringing the right people into your life at the right time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're just ordinary people like us, or sometimes they're highly trained professionals that you need at that moment, and God all of a sudden, you know, sends you their way, and it's pretty amazing to watch God work. Your, your testimony is really encouraging, and I appreciate you sharing it. I know that you're helping a lot of people, and I know you've um, helped a lot of people by being here. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. And, and as Aaron's been talking about, you know, we've been talking about faith, and we've been talking about her foundation, which uh, she trusts. In Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, uh, Paul wrote this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so no matter what we may experience, and sometimes life is really hard, but God doesn't go anywhere. He's still there. He's still the same. He still loves you. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, will you please consider that? Um, pick up the phone. Call a friend that you know does. Uh, call a local church in your town. But don't let this opportunity go by because that faith is so very, very important. And I want to thank our partners that make this program possible. Uh, faith Radio has been wonderful. They give us this platform. You can uh, find out more at MyFaithRadio.com. Five Stone Media provides a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. And you can check us out right here at Ridgewood Church at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for listening to Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church of Minnetonka, Minnesota. to this Life Support Podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.